When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Alice Bag, and you're listening to Pantheon Podcasts. History in Five Songs. With host Martin Popoff. A production of Pantheon Podcasts. Let's rock out with Martin. Well, hello once again, Martin Popoff back for another episode of History and Five Songs with Martin Popoff, brought to you by the good people at Pantheon Podcast. We are pleased, as always, to be part of this vast and always expanding Pantheon Podcast Network. We're available on Spotify, iTunes, Simplecast, and over 40 other podcast platforms. All right. Um, so this was a suggestion by William Martin, I believe, um, and it might be kind of an obvious one. I probably would have stumbled upon it myself, but uh, but thank you, William, for bringing this up. Um, this is episode 169. I'm calling this Consensus Best Songs. Um, so obviously, uh, episode 167 was Consensus Worst Songs, and there we endeavored to find those bands that had a song that uh, we all are pretty much in agreement that would uh, you know get most votes be way up the list there'd be some some semblance of a gap there uh, to the next songs like people don't like by that band and, and we came up with a bunch that uh, hey these bands have absolutely uh, some really bad songs everybody agrees on them so so I started looking uh, for for best and I actually um, was almost I, I think I even typed into the Facebook saying this idea is dying I can't find any but then I uh, then I started uh, they started piling up and then I started putting them into categories and realized there's reasons. Uh, that songs are considered a band's best song, and uh, and so I've got these into category. Um, also, again, I've got Mick Phelan and Neil Miller's give me a couple uh, suggestions as well. Um, they'll be mentioned in the honorable mentions as we go there. Um, but yeah, a couple of those have infused their way into my list. But I think I've got some really good ones here. Um, and uh, and again, uh, you know, every every band out there has uh, you know the songs that people consider the best songs, and if you took a poll, uh, it would happen. You, you would have your one, two, and three, but they might not be separated by that much and nobody's in much agreement. I think these are ones that are that are kind of interesting that they are in a bit of an agreement. And like I say, I've got it kind of themed here. So without further ado, let's get going on our first selection. This is UFO with Rock Bottom. All right, the great rock bottom, right? Um, so this is uh, this is definitely a song. Uh, I I think 
I think most people, uh, well, if you took a big poll, I think uh, UFO rock bottom would win by quite a bit. It's definitely something that's going to come to mind for any uh, any UFO fan. Michael Shanker era. It's from the first uh, UFO album with Michael Shanker, Phenomenon, after the uh, after the Mick Bolton years. Um, now, uh, the reason it's here is the same reason Love to Love is here from UFO. You Love to Love is one that would be pretty high uh, up up this chart, but Rock Bottom would kind of win. And why would it win? So I think, uh, you know, this category I'm considering the epic category. So so this is, uh, this is uh, the sort of situation where... Um, you know the 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 medium to deep fans, uh, you know fans of this band, uh, and I, I'm going to mention this here because uh, you know the the idea of a song being the most popular song or being a hit is not really part of this whole thing. We are really looking for the best. So the idea here is not what is their most popular song. Um, because everybody has that as well, and it's so easy to kind of fall into the fall into the trap that that is the best. Uh, that you know the really attentive fans would think that's the best just because of the most popular. Um, but no, it's uh, it's the most popular. So you might argue that well, the world out there has told us that 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 it's the best. But so why is this here? So so it's it's heavy. It's got an amazing riff. It's epic. It's long. It's got the you know the big crushing slow part in it. Our band played this. I think we even had this. As our encore track, I believe, um, when we played live, uh, shows shows why uh, we weren't uh, that successful a band back in uh, what was it, 1983, 84. Uh, anyways, um, and we were called Torque, right? Um, but yeah, so th- so this is a big, you know, it's got a big jammy section. I, I can remember all these parts, you know, playing them night after night, kind of thing. But um, but. So it's a massive song. It's a it's a huge UFO UFO song. But but so is Doctor Doctor and uh, you know only you can rock me and shoot shoot and all that. But it's here because um, you know the fans to say what is the best song. They know that you you kind of want something with uh, everything but the kitchen sink in it. You want something epic. You want something ambitious, something long where where they've obviously put a lot of thought into it. And I actually looked at some other bands, and uh, you know. Like Black Sabbath, for example, does not fit this thing because, um, you know, to me, I mean, a, a lot of my favorite Sabbath songs are the super long ones, the epic ones. Same thing with Led Zeppelin, but it's not exactly lining up perfectly that, that those two bands uh, belong in this episode of, of having consensus best songs. The, the song or two. That's how we did it in Worst as well. That that would would pull away way ahead of the pack of the other ones. So some other ones in this category: Iron Maiden, "Hallowed Be Thy Name." That that usually wins as greatest Iron Maiden song. So that's off the uh, the third album, right? Uh, but it is long and epic, and it's got that slow, you know, doomy, quiet start. Um, so it's them being ambitious. It's not the longest thing they ever did. Certainly, I mean, later on they had lots and lots and lots and lo- long songs. But it is an amazing song, and it's got everything you want for Maiden. It's from that golden period as well. White Snake, Still of the Night, same thing. It's the most epic thing they ever did. I have often called that the greatest riff of all time. It's got lots of parts and the slow down section and the whole Led Zeppelin whole lot of love uh, sort of thing to it. Um, but yeah, total epic from them. They don't write a lot of epics, uh, White Snake, and uh, and I think most people would probably you know put that at the top of the list. Foghat Slow Ride. Um, you know this is a bit of it's probably not actually that ar- arguable. Come to think of it, so so the neat thing about this one is it actually is their biggest song, and I think many fans would say 
it's their best song or way up the list of, of songs. But again, it's long. It's got the big jammy section. It, it is an epic for Foghat. Similarly, Leonard Skinner with Sweet Home Alabama. Um, and one, I, you know, the ones that actually got me thinking of this episode, because we just did uh, with Hack and Pete Pardo, we just did a, uh, a guitar hack on, on ranking the Scorpions albums. Sales of Sharon um, pretty much usually wins the poll for best Scorpions uh, song, and it is completely epic. Um, you know, it's got that big, long, excellent Uli lead in section, and then it just turns into this massive majestic zeppelin-esque sort of song and on that same front rainbow stargazer uh usually wins for rainbow um like i say zeppelin doesn't really fit here but you know you you will tend to tend to a couple of the long songs and and the ones that are are mostly going to be cited are stairway to heaven and cashmere i personally am a big in my time of dying fan for the long ones riot swords and tequila uh, kind of an epic for them. It's uh, it's a little bit of a story. I mean, this is not a band that write, writes epics either, at least in the old days. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's it's about as epic as you can get for Riot. So it's in there. And Judas Priest is an interesting one. I mean, I I this is not in my list of favorite Judas Priest songs, but um, one of the great epics uh, of. Any you know a golden era uh, era for Judas Priest is victim of changes, so um, that one often gets cited. Uh, yes, close to the edge, an entire side can't get much more epic than that. Um, uh, that and well, you can you can talk to Dan Swano about that. I guess you can get more epic uh, for that. Edge of Sanity, Crimson, I think it was called. Um, but uh, yeah, close to the edge is absolutely uh, epic, and it's uh, you know most people would would probably most Yes fans would say that's the greatest thing they ever did. Uh, Uri Heap is uh, falls into this field. I mean, I always put Shadows of Grief uh, in as one of my favorite, if not the favorite Heap song, and that's pretty darn epic. It's got a lot of cool parts. Um, but uh, even Gypsy and July Morning. July Morning is often cited, and that's a super long one for them. You know, come to think of it, a lot of people, uh, Pete Pardo, I, I think would say Child, uh, Child in Time is um, his favorite purple song, maybe, um, but uh, but it's the big, long epic on uh, on In Rock. Um, so there you go. This, this actually was my most convincing, I would say, um, you know, reason why um, there are these consensus songs. So that's the whole point of this episode. I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying to say, you know, I kind of, I kind of found out some neat things about, you know, what makes a song a band's best song. Uh, and that's the first one epic. Uh, all right, let's move on to number two. This is Heart with Barracuda. Okay, so this category, I think I've kind of, um, I think I've kind of gone down this road with the previous episode. Have I ever done that episode? It would, it would be something about, uh, something I would have named it something like, um, uh, you like heavy metal, but you just don't know it, that kind of thing, right? Um, so the category here is heaviness. I really believe, uh, you know, it's, it's pretty weird that most heart fans or many, many, many heart fans, at least the guys, right, I suppose. Um, I wonder how many women would pick Barracuda as their favorite heart song, but I, I think most guys would pick Barracuda, and it's completely uncharacteristic for them. It's fast and heavy. They've got some other heavy songs, but this is this is 
you know the the closest the the closest to pure heavy metal for them. So that's pretty interesting. I think um, I think uh, a lot of liking a band's best songs might be. I, I should have seen if if I could find more of these, but I've always had my my sort of uh, examples that are that are kind of that stick out for me, um, and I'll get to them. But. I think uh, I think quite often we would all be surprised. And again, the idea is you like heavy metal, but you just don't know it. We would be surprised that for a lot of pretty mellow bands, um, the heaviest thing they ever did really gets a rise out of people because heavy metal is exciting, right? Um, so yeah, in this category, uh, Jethro Tull, Aqualung, Locomotive Breath, um, I suppose. Um, you know, Deep Purple Mark III. Now I'm splitting hairs here a little by by you know breaking up Deep Purple into marks. But think about um, you know the the David Coverdale Glenn Hughes version of the band. What are the favorite songs out of there? Burn certainly would win by a long long shot. But second or close by would be the likes of Stormbringer. Uh, so the the two most heavy metal songs from that lineup, right? Um, and one I always bring up in this Dire Straits, Money for Nothing, right? You know, Dire Straits had all these beautiful, really cool songs that were made in the iconic Mark Knopfler Dire Straits style. They're all over all those albums. They're all these great songs. They're really artistic. What's the first song that comes to mind for everybody about Dire Straits? It's Money for Nothing. Why? Because he stomps on a distortion pedal for it, right? Um, so, you know, I, I think a lot of fans, uh, you know, even if you're a deep fan, I, you know, if I went and... and went and checked out a bunch of Dire Straits this would be way down at the bottom of my list because I think it's a clunky horrible song I don't like it I don't think it's I mean it is heavy uh heavy enough for them but I I really don't like anything about it I don't like the drum beat nothing I don't like the riff stupid riff um so I love all the rest of Dire Straits before I even like this song but I think a lot of fans would say oh that's the best thing they ever did um another funny one in this department of heaviness is Mountain with Mississippi Queen now the interesting thing about this song is that it's probably the most gloriously distorted uh, of a great guitar tone Leslie West ever had, but it's also the most straight between the eyes heavy thing that they ever did. Um, it's just you know an absolute monolith of heaviness, just no nonsense, no no particular. I mean, there's a little bit of British blues boom in the in the in the structure. I know they're not British, but um, but yeah, I think it totally fits with Barracuda. I think I think um, it's their most popular song. Barracuda is close to probably Hart's most popular song too, I imagine. Uh, so, so Mississippi Queen by far is their most popular song. Mountain are actually a one-hit wonder, uh, I would say. Um, and I think most fans would say, ah, oh, yeah, it's probably their best song too, right? So that's that's the deal. So that's the heaviness category. Um, all right, this episode of History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff is sponsored by BetterHelp. Without a healthy mind, being truly happy and at peace is hard. The good news is therapy works. But what is therapy exactly? It's whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and would like some tools to help. Or maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships or at work, not dealing well with stress. Whatever you need, it's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is customized online 
online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. And special offer to History in 5 Songs with Martin Popoff listeners. You can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com slash five songs. That's better, H-E-L-P.com slash five songs. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. All right, let's move on to our third selection here, episode 169, Consensus Best Songs. Take a listen to this. This is Dio with Holy Diver. Ride the tiger. You can see his stripes, but you know he's clean. Oh, don't you see what I mean? Gotta get away. Holy diver. Yeah. Got shiny diamonds. Okay, so the category here is a pretty simple one. Title track. Um, a title track is is uh, super memorable. It's uh, it's called a, it. It's a title track because the band is sending a signal to you to tell you that this is an important song to them. Um, you know, someone blurts out Dio to some fan somewhere in some noisy hallway of some show. You know, what's the next thing that comes to mind in their head? Holy Diver, right? Um, so it's it's got that sort of recognition factor as well. But um, yeah, the funny thing is, uh, you know, there are other great Dio songs, but now, now you're, you know, you're sifting through your mind for the title, and you don't know what it is. So, so some people probably just default to Holy Diver, right? But of course, it totally de- deserves to be here. It's on, it's on the, it's on the album that is considered by most fans the greatest Dio album. I personally like Dream Evil best, uh, and then I'm, a, I'm a pretty close tie, probably the last in line than Holy Diver. But Holy Diver, the first one, the definitive, it's amazing. The songs are great. But again, this even fits in our first category. It's uh, it's an epic, so it's a big epic song. It's slow, but not too slow. Uh, but it totally, uh, I think, I think uh, you know, twenty two point nine percent of the reason um, it's considered Dio's best song is that it is a title track and it's got that title recognition. Other ones that fit in this two that we just talked about burn and stormbringer same kind of thing um you know their their title tracks you know that that is the signal that they are important songs to the band um metal church by metal church um you know i metal church had some amazing stuff boy that hanging in the balance album and the human factor those those are my two favorite albums by them check those out those are really really cool and that that you know the the hanging in the balance with the weird album cover and there i think it's on blackheart records um probably hard hard to get and and people forget that how good that is but anyways metal church title title song again uh title song name of the band even so this is like their black sabbath black sabbath or their iron maiden iron maiden right amazing amazing crushing riff i've often put this in my top five riffs of all time along with still the night you know i always talk about overdrive uh uh dream away from from uh swords and axes as well um perfect strangers is a title track uh now I think most people wouldn't call Perfect Strangers the greatest Deep Purple song of all time, but I called that album the greatest Deep Purple album of all time. We did a Contrarians episode on that. Um, And again, breaking down bands, Black Sabbath, Heaven and Hell. Um, It's a title track, and it also fits in the epic uh, end of things. And come to think of it, so does Perfect Strangers a little bit, right? Um, 
Grim Reaper. We just lost Steve Grimmett uh, recently, sadly. Uh, See You in Hell. Um, I think people remember that song first because they can they can hear Steve's you know majestic high soaring heroic vocal singing that chorus. Uh, but it's the title track of you know what's pretty much considered the greatest Grim Reaper album. Um, and uh, you know it's uh, it's it's got that recognition. You can hear the chorus in your head. It's a great song. Um, in fact, we just uh, where did we just do this? I, yeah, oh yeah. Um, Jimmy on 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 the metal voice, I believe he he was asking people what's your favorite, or maybe it was down in the comments when I was watching it. But people were saying, "Yeah, hey, what's your favorite uh, uh, Grim Reaper song?" And and most people were were bringing up "See You in Hell," right? Because it, frankly, you know, it's it's hard to remember all the other song titles out there in the world, but you know, it comes to mind just like "Holy Diver," um, "Saxon," "Wheels of Steel." Uh, I think Wheels of Steel would would you know win for Saxon and probably you know by by a fair bit. Um, and again, you can hear that chorus in your head. It's the title track from you know the album widely probably considered their greatest album, Motorhead Ace of Spades. Now 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 we're getting to the point where um, you know I think many Motorhead fans would not pick Ace of Spades as the greatest Motorhead song, but it certainly would be high up there. You know you'd feel guilty leaving it off the list, uh, but it is it is a title track. It's got you know it's big memorabilia factor. They're kind of a one hit wonder, unfortunately, out there in the real world. Um, and then I thought also in this title track category, Nazareth with both Hair the Dog and Razamanaz. I have a feeling if you took a big poll right now and checked um, greatest uh, greatest Nazareth songs, I think those two would probably win. And they're both title tracks. So one is 1973, one is 1975. Uh, all right, let's move on. This is a little sketchy category. Let's see if you, you, uh, you roll with me on this one. Uh, take a listen to this. This is Living Color with Cult of Personality. Mussolini and Kennedy I'm the cult of personality The cult of personality The cult of personality Okay, so what I think this is on my mind because I, I we started doing these little bravewords.com under sixty second little news things, and I I did one of them on um, on Steve Vai going on stage with them in Rock and Rio and doing the encore and playing Cult of Personality. But um, I like this uh, the, I like this category. This category uh, is loosely speaking, you know, obviously I'm going too far with this, but loosely speaking, it's their only commercial song. So the idea is Living Color can be a very challenging, noisy band, um, very live, very very Van Halen and Who esque, but but even more abstract than them, and even more noisy. And and frankly, I think it's why they didn't really make it after that first album. But they had this and and Letter Letter to a Landlord, um, you know, is fairly commercial as well. But Cult of Personality by far is their most commercial song. Um, so again, I'm not I'm not trying to talk about here like what's their biggest song, what's their most popular song, what's their biggest hit. I'm saying that Living Color fans would probably pick Cult of Personality as their favorite song because secretly I think every Living Color fan uh, wishes they were more commercial. Um, Frankly, I think that's how it works. Um, Strangler's Golden Brown, I think, kind of fits in this as well. Um, It's just this really cool kind of uh, pastoral ballad, no drums. Um, You know, it's about heroin, mind you, but... but, um, 
you know, this is a band. It's a thorny, hard-to-love band. They they do a lot of kind of noisy, weird, geometric, doorsy, proggy, loud, bassy things. Um, but um, this is a very big song for them. I don't know if it's the biggest song they ever did, but um, I would think many, many good Deep deep Stranglers fans, very respectful, you know, appreciators of the band, have no problem picking Golden Brown as their favorite uh, song by them. And then I started thinking... Um, you know, you could break it down by album, and and frankly, this category is kind of. I I really like this category. I'm 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 not saying it's very full, but but I think it. You know, you could almost spread this into a whole episode, um, based on what I'm about to say. So so I think. Um, and I don't know. I might have even done this episode because I've definitely made some notes on it. Um, but the the idea where there are albums where there's only one song that could even be the single on it. I mean, Living Color is sort of like that and everything we're talking about is a little like that but but what comes to mind Im- immediately is Pink Floyd the final cut with Not Now John um and then even the Endless River I mean the one song with vocals on it right later on sort of thing um so so you know breaking it down by album I'm sure there's many many examples of this that we could make a pretty cool episode out of on um and then you know one that vaguely fits maybe this idea of their only commercial song King Crimson let's just leave it to the original King Crimson the 70s uh you know noise terrorist King Crimson um their only hit really is 20th Century Schizoid Man. Um, so it's off the first album, but it's it's not particularly commercial. So so kudos to fans for embracing it, for anybody to embrace it, frankly, um, because it's a pretty scary song. But it does have that big, you know, anthemic for for lack of a better word chorus with you know the 20th century skits mentioned right said you know in a in a sort of like an ultimate rising to the to the climax part of the song but i think that's kind of an interesting one you know you could almost call this uh one of their only or more commercial songs because um you know the parts are all pretty interesting. Uh, there, there's maybe too many of them, and they are challenging, and they are noisy and dark. But they are kind of like there's almost like a novelty factor to a bunch of things about that song. Um, but yeah, I, 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 again, the whole idea here though is that you know as as snobby and uh, and as intellectual as King Crimson fans are, uh, I think a lot of them would cop to the idea and say, oh, that's a great song. There, nobody's gonna say, oh, they're trying to trying to get a radio hit with that stupid song, right? I I think most would agree that it's a pretty great song. Um, all right, let's move on to our last category. Take a listen to this. This is Kiss with Detroit Rock City. Okay, so the category here is opening track. So the idea is, um, so let's let's recap. So so we're looking for songs that would be the consensus best song by a band that a lot a lot a lot of fans would vote, and and if they took a poll, it would probably win. Um, and and I'm I'm breaking these into categories because I'm trying to say what would help 
uh, a song be recognized as that band's best song. So the category here is opening track. So first track on an album is like a title track. Um, it, it shows the importance of that song. They're showcasing that song. They're saying if, if, if you, if you get hit by a bus seven minutes from now, at least you've heard our first, our, the first song, our, our proudest moment from our new album. At least you've heard that if you die, uh, you know, halfway through the second or third song. Um, so that's kind of cool. So, so, um, you know, opening track will really help you focus um, because you're fresh, you're there, you're hearing it, you know they think it's important. Um, it's the start of your listening experience. If you've got other things to do around the house later and you have to take the album off, you have heard that because it was the first track. Um, so in this department, um, and yeah, I, I think uh, it, Detroit Rock City also fits the idea of being an epic too. Kiss does not write a lot of epics. Boy, do they have any other epics? I mean, you you would look at you know, way high up the list, probably for Kiss would also be Black Diamond and Rock Bottom, and they're both a little epic-y themselves because they've got that mellow intro. Detroit Rock City has the whole soundtracky intro. So anytime, put it this way, anytime Kiss writes an epic, uh, you know, the Elder notwithstanding, they uh, they uh, those songs will go high up the list. So I could have put Detroit Rock City in the epic department by a band who you know characteristically doesn't do a lot of this. Um, so other ones like this, um, you know, Max Webster's greatest track. Uh, ask most fans, it's called Hangover. It's the first song on their first album. So there's another episode. I, I know I've touched upon that. Um, uh, how did that work? Anyways, uh, I, 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 if I haven't, I could do uh, this neat episode on uh, "It's All Downhill from Here." I know I did. I, maybe it's a little bit of an overlap with that. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I know. I know I used Gypsy from from Heap in the uh, "Don't Dare Cover This" uh, episode, right? But yeah, it's kind of funny. Um, you know, it'd be interesting to find all the best songs by bands that would be way, 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 way up the list that are the first song they ever gave us, right? Um, so that's kind of cool about Hangover. Except Fast as a Shark uh, is an opening track. Uh, I, You know, Riot Swords and Tequila, which we mentioned in the other category, and also mentioned in the other category are Burn and Stormbringer. Um, Highway Star, too, for Deep Purple. Uh, that one definitely goes way up the list of favorite Deep Purple songs, uh, and it's the first track. And you know what? That's another weird episode I could almost do, uh, but it's kind of arcane and uh, of no consequence. But there are a bunch of albums out there that all my life I had side one and side two switched in my brain for some reason, and, and Machine Head's one like that. I always thought Highway Star was first track on side two. Um, anyways... Um, yeah, Highway Star uh, totally fits this as well, and it's a uh, it's a semi epic for Deep Purple as well. So frankly, I mean, the whole theme of this whole episode, I I think the thing to net out if if I if if we had to take out a a butcher knife and carve out all my other uh, categories, I would say the main thing that makes a song far and away the best song by a band is it is epic. Um, let's see. Um, Guns N' Roses, Welcome to the Jungle, same sort of thing. Uh, Megadeth, Holy Wars, The Punishment, dude, just the fact that it's got two titles <laughs> uh, makes it epic. So it's both epic and the first song, and it's it's from a great album as well. I mean, that that helps too. So uh, so there you go. There's our last selection here. Um, some honorable mentions. Um, let's see. So Mick Phelan uh, brought up these. I don't agree with most of the ones he picked here. I think he slowly started to get a little a little off topic and, and um, maybe finding... Well, actually, this is a mix of of songs that I think would win your best song poll, but some of them probably not. Um, 
But anyways, I'll, I'll go through the list here. So this is a this is a weird melange of maybe biggest song, most popular song, maybe best song. Um, we'll leave that open. But he's mentioned um, Foo Fighters, Everlong. I think Hero would be pretty high as well for them too. Uh, no One Knows, Queens of the Stone Age, Mother by Danzig, Cotton Amash, Anthrax, Final Countdown, Europe. Definitely not for me. I'd have many, many songs ahead of that. Uh, Don't Fear the Reaper, BOC. I'd, ha- I'd have many, many, many ahead of that as well. Hard Times, Crow Mags, Davidian, Machine Head. Yeah, most people pick Davidian, I think, from them. Rock of Ages, Def Leppard. That's a really weird choice, Mick. I'm not sure why you picked that. Ballroom Blitz, Sweet. Um, that's an interesting one. Um, that is a song that every Sweet fan loves. Um, would they call it the very best? I don't know, but it would be way up high up a list and it obviously is their their biggest song. Um, Killing Time, Sweet Savage. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Angel Witch, Angel Witch, I wouldn't agree that that's their best song, but it's probably the one with the same sort of recognition because of the title track. Um, Captured City, Praying Mantis. Yeah, we know that would be high. Reign of Fire, Armored Saint. Dreams in the Dark, Badlands. I think he's really, really pulling at straws there once we get down to that. Um, Everyday Sunshine from Fishbone. Um, Neil Miller brings up um, Mr. Blue Sky from ELO. Learning to Live, Dream Theater. Thunder Road, Bruce Springsteen. I don't know about these either. Um, although here's a here's a few that fit into some of the categories. Um, yeah, here, here's, a, here's a good one from Neil. Angel of Death, Slayer. Uh, I think that would be pretty high up there. Uh, it's epic uh, as well. Uh, he, he mentions The Pretender's Precious. So here we go again. First song The Pretender's ever gave us. And it's, you know, evidently Neil liked it enough to to, to, to bring it up. Uh, I love it too. I mean, I love that whole first and second Pretender's album. I, I think they're great. But it's it's pretty interesting. That, that could fit in this episode of It's All Downhill From Here. Uh, your very greatest song was the first song you ever played for us. Uh, pretty funny. Uh, Skid Row, Youth Gone Wild. I don't think most people would agree that's their best song. Um, Rolling Stones, Give Me Shelter don't agree um rat round and round um that's an interesting choice um i think a lot of people probably would pick that as their favorite rat song uh you know even a deep fan i think it's a beautifully beautifully constructed song uh let's see uh radiohead paranoid android uh the clash london calling so that's first and the title track which is kind of neat and cheap tricks surrender which is the first song. So I don't know. I don't know. Would would the deep cheap trick fan pick Surrender as their greatest song? It's an absolutely great song, maybe. Um, Clash London Calling. I mean, I like a lot of other songs more, but yeah. So some of these are fitting into these categories as well. Um, so there you go. If you like the show and want to support future episodes, you know I've got a Kofi. I don't do a Patreon. I I haven't asked people to just PayPal me money. Um, but yeah, we have this Kofi thing set up where you just hit hit the button and it's three bucks. You can double it or whatever, but people pick their amounts. But anyways, uh, Kofi.com slash Martin Popoff. Hit that red support button and buy me a pint. On that front, uh, good list uh, this week because uh, I did my previous episode almost right after the one before. So this is like 10 days worth of... Uh, Loyal uh, listeners to the show. So Joe Beck at Bel Air Expediting, Bruce Campbell, Lee Clifford, Laurie Ferdinands, David Fisher, Jeremy French, Jason Leonard, Andrew Meyer, Augustine Garcia de Paredes, Steve Polari, Brian Sager, Stephen Samchuk, Patrick Stevens, and Colston Vera. Thank you all very much. Uh, pretty exciting over here at the office. Um, I did just get in uh, the Easy Action Alice Cooper book and the Feed My Frankenstein Alice Cooper The Solo Years book. Now, I've cautioned people when I put out the post about it in two places saying this is just the old Alice Cooper book busted into two and turned into a trade paperback. So it's now black and white. It's the same text, but 
it's been updated and cleaned up and re-edited and all that sort of stuff. Uh, and I also got The Damned book in, which is the greatest book I think I've ever done. I love it to death. It's like my Zeppelin and, and Clash. Um, it's basically me analyzing every single da- damn song. That's called Lively Arts, The Damn Deconstructed, and they're all up at my website, uh, you know, as I got the stock in. I usually screw that up and, you know, don't put it up for quite a while. So, yeah, two, two new Alice Coopers and the and the Damned book. That's all at martinpopoff.com. Hope you like this episode. Talk to you again next time. Find all of our shows, notes, social, and links at www pantheonpodcast.com or wherever you listen to great podcasts. All songs can be found for purchase on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Please purchase these great and important tracks. Find us on Facebook at the RNRAP. We are on Instagram at RNR Archaeology. Tweet us at RNR Archaeology. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.